Hola, bonjour, hello. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible to have a word language class where instead of teaching the language, the rules, and the vocab, you and your students use the language to enjoy learning about each other and the world? I hope your answer is a big yes, because that's exactly what you will discover inside Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. My name is Claudia Elliott, a Spanish teacher born and raised in Colombia, who is as passionate as you are to support our learners to grow in their proficiency and cultural competence. My goal is that in this podcast, you find clarity, strategies, ideas, and inspiration that you can bring into your classroom the next day. Are you ready? Get comfortable while I grab my cafecito colombiano and let's start this conversation now. Hola, bonjour, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. I am recording this episode uh, in the second week of December. We are ready to wrap up the year and I cannot wait. And I'm sure you feel the same. But before we close the doors of our classrooms, I think there is one activity that we should do, and that is reflection. I know, you may be thinking, yeah, maybe not, but hear me out. I promise you that it's all worth it. Just stay with me. Now, a few years ago, I heard this uh, quote from, I think, Einstein, uh, and it says that, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Now, when I see my students, I totally can understand this quote. I have so many students that keep doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing, and the results are the same. And they feel like frustrated. They feel powerless. And even though I try to explain to them, hey, maybe you should change your habits. Hey, maybe we should try this different approach. They just don't listen or they didn't for so many years until I start doing something and I start doing self-evaluations. I created a space at the end of each one of my units where my students answer some questions that help them reflect on that. Now, that is called metacognitive awareness. And I was tapping on metacognition, which is a tremendous and powerful strategy that help us be aware that we have choice, that we can change how we think, how we behave, so we can have different results. And I'm going to talk to you about that today. Now, before we uh, get into the episode, I want to share a resource with you that I created with my friend Cristina Marghiori, and it's perfect for this week. This is a Spanish language booster that is going to help students give them choices and even challenges for them to practice Spanish outside the classroom. And that may be something that you give optional or as an assignment or extra points or just ideas to help your students use the Spanish outside the classroom. Now, this is perfect for intermediate and advanced learners. So if you have intermediate and advanced learners, check it out at growingwithproficiency.com forward slash 
Spanish booster. And you also can find the links in the show notes. Okay, now let's start with what is metacognition? So metacognition is the ability to think about our thinking. It is the ability to reflect on what we did, how we did something, the effects of what we did, and maybe identifying different ways that we can do to do things differently and better. Uh, When we're talking about students and uh, metacognition, is not thinking about what I learn, but it's thinking about how we learn. And when we think about how we learn or didn't learn something that will help us identify uh, spaces or attitudes or actions that we can change. Now, what I love about this activity is for students to get back control on their learning. I know that there are a lot of things that students cannot control. And I think the same for us. There is a lot of things that we cannot control. But it's certainly a good amount of things that students can control to help them be more successful in that. There have been so much research about the importance of metacognition for our students. And there is a direct correlation between metacognitive awareness and success in learning. And I think the reason is evident. When we have our students to think about how they learn, what are the things that they do to learn, what helped, what didn't help, it really gives them the power and I think the vision of how they can improve those behaviors and how can that incorporate different strategies. So that is what metacognition is. Now, the second question is, okay, so how does that look in my class? How can I promote the uh, development of metacognitive awareness in our class? Uh, You can do it all the time, like by asking questions to our students, before a task, during a task, after a task. Now, I have been very intentional with self-reflections that allow my students to develop metacognitive awareness at the end of each unit. And for the end of the year, we have a specific self-evaluation that helps them with those questions for them to take a moment and look at what they did the first semester Uh, look at how they did it and specific behavior and identify what helped them and what prevent them from having success. And then identify specific actions to do different next semester. Now, how do I do that? I do it with a survey. Uh, In this self-survey has two sections. The first one is self-reflection where I ask these questions to my students to help them assess their learning during the first semester. And the second one is more a survey for me, where they help me understand better how my decisions in the class, my behavior in the class, help them or prevent them from having more success in the class. Now, One of the things that I discovered when I started doing this type of activities in my class is a lot of my students, the students who need more help developing this metacognition, this metacognitive awareness, are the ones who are going to give you the most vague answers unless you help them with 
guiding questions, specific choices for them. So what I do now in this end of the semester survey is I give them a specific choices. Now, you can get a copy of my survey if you want, uh, going to growingwithproficiency.com forward slash reflection 22 and you're going to find a, a workbook for you to do your part and also a link to make a copy of this google form now what type of questions i ask uh, so my first question is what did you do right i want to start with the positive i want to celebrate my students and the things that they did well now in the past i asked the question open and i had all type of answers some were great answers, but some were not quite well. I mean, they were very vague, very shallow. They didn't think deeper on this. So what I do now is I have them to check boxes and then I put one option for them to comment. And I say, what did you do well this semester? I listened with intention. I took risk. I used Spanish as much as I could. I put away all my distractions. I supported my classmates and I gave them all the behaviors that what I think are going to help my students to be successful in my class. And then they check all that apply and I give them a space for them to comment. The next question is, what can you do different next semester? And select all that applies. And then I go back. I can listen better. I can um, be more mindful to put my distractions away. I can avoid side conversations. So it was the same, but on the other side trying to help my students see that these changes, these small changes in behavior will create a huge impact in their success in my class. And then I have, I start asking more open questions. And I said, uh, in one word, describe your attitude in the class. And I gave them interested, engaged, neutral, and interested, indifferent, apathetic. And I want them to identify their attitude, their overall attitude in the class. And then I ask them, how did that attitude affect your performance in the class? Again, it's just really helping them to think about how they learn this semester in the class. And hopefully that will help them identify what are the things that they can control and can do different for next semester. And, um, then I ask them, do you think that your ability to um, listen and read and write in Spanish improve? And then I start with my part where I ask them, so what are the things that I did in my class, in the class that helped them? Why? Because at that point, it really doesn't depend on them. Like they cannot control what activities I'm going to introduce in my class, what are going to be the strategies that I'm going to use in my class or the resources. So at that point is more for me, like, please tell me what works for you. And that was not part of their self-reflection. That was more an assessment on me. And for many years, I didn't want to ask those questions because sometimes it's hard to read their answers, but I wanted to also have a look at my teaching and that's why I ask those questions. So this survey has two choices. So again, it can be with this survey. It can be a piece of paper. You can write these questions on the board and have them to journal and reflect in English on a piece of paper and then read it, return it to them the first day of school if they have semester or maybe for them to keep highlight and see 
Even if you're not going to be in the second semester with me or in a Spanish class or in French class or, you know, in a language class, what are the things I have taught you or what are the things that you can carry with you for your learning? Because I think at the end, that's what we want for our students to be more successful overall. Okay, so that was for our students. But it's not all. Because I think we should do the same activity for us. Now, we hear our students say, I'm so bad at Spanish or I'm so bad at French. I'm a bad student. And that kind of like negative talking about their abilities. But we as teachers, sometimes we tend to do that. Sometimes we tend to just have this negative talk overall. And basically what we're expressing is a huge amount of frustration and lack of control because sometimes we feel there is nothing that we can do to improve our classes. But I believe truly, honestly, that we do have a lot of control. Maybe there is a lot of things that we cannot control. You know, our administrators, maybe the textbook that we use, maybe the reality of some students, maybe how difficult some students and parents are, but there's a lot that we can control. So, you know, I choose to focus on that. And let me tell you, it. I feel empowered. I really, truly feel I can make a difference. I can improve and I can do better. And it's not because I'm not doing great now. It's because I can have adjustment. I can learn different. I can learn new things. And that is exciting for me. But how I do this? Now, for many years, I didn't do it. I just close the door, forget about it, move on. That's it. And, you know, that's always a choice. But again, what I found is that I kept repeating my same behaviors, my same things, and everything was happening the same way. And I got frustrated the same semester because of the same things. So at some point I said, I need to stop this cycle. I need to stop and do something. And that is when I started doing reflection. And that's when I later created this workbook that I'm sharing with you today at growingwithproficiency.com forward slash reflection 22. Now, what I want for this workbook to do is to give you a guide. I mean, you can print it out. There is a lot of research about handwriting. So um, that's why you cannot type. Is Handwriting is, is great because when you write, do handwriting, you take your time, right? Like we can type faster, so we think less. <laughs> we just type. But when we do handwriting, we tend to think deeper, in our thoughts. So that is, I don't know if that makes sense, but anyways, so that is what I really for want for you to do some handwriting. Okay, so what you're going to do, I want you to start thinking about your wins. What work well in your class? And why you do you think, why do you think it worked? So what? What was the success that you had and why you had some success? Now, we always have success. I mean, no matter how bad things are, there were some lessons that we learned. There were some moments that we felt excited. So let's think about that and take a moment to celebrate those moments. Now, after we do that, you're going to really start looking at your strength. Like what are the things that you tend to do really well in class? Because that is going to show in your wins. And 
you start like highlighting those strengths in your class and celebrate and say like, I'm great at this. The next step that I want you to do is look at your data. I know, I mean, data doesn't sound like very nice. Just, uh, I don't know. But data is important because sometimes we have, we act based on our feelings, but we just really need to be more objective. So data can be the results of your students. Data can be from observation. What have you observed in your class? And data also can be with the survey that you gave to your students when they told them how they observe and how they feel about the class. So gather some data for you and look at it and say, what are the conclusions? What is this data telling me about the class? And then assess. Now, this assessment, I do it focusing on my three pillars. So I want to stay comprehensible and comprehended for my class. I want to have communication at the center of my class. And I want to promote connections with my students. So when I'm looking at my data and my class, I want to answer this question. Was I comprehensible and comprehended? So if I see like a unit where my students did really poorly, instead of saying, oh, my students didn't study or I did terrible, I just say, what happened? What happened with that unit? Maybe I wasn't totally comprehensible. Maybe the language was above their level. Maybe I, I went too fast and just think about what did I do? Now, I'm telling you, I know what I do. I go too fast. I have sometimes expectations that are not realistic and I have to adjust and be super mindful. So maybe that is your case too. I don't know, but look at it. Now, when I go to the communication, usually when I, I stay communicative driven, when my the focus of using the language in, in my class is to learn about the word as or to have fun, my students are engaged. I usually lose engagement when we start focusing on practicing the language or uh, just topics that maybe are not interested for my students. So I want to look at that engagement. And finally, I, I said, was I build connection with my students? Did I learn something about my students in this unit? And those are my three questions. For your three questions may be different, but it's important that you answer how well did we do in those. And then in the last one is, okay, look at the overall picture. Is there anything that you want to focus? Maybe you want to focus on building connections with your students. Maybe you want to focus on using more target language in your class. Maybe you want to focus on creating more content that is really focusing on using the language and communicating and less practicing the language. Maybe you want to focus on assessment. Maybe you want to know a little bit about more about feedback. Just identify one, circle it, and Write it in a post-it and put it on your desk and then think about how you can help or how can you grow in that aspect for next semester. And after that, you close and you go on your break, your well-deserved break. Now, I really hope that you can listen to this episode before the last day of your uh, year. But if not, this is something that you can do at the end of any cycle. Maybe your unit, maybe your quarter, maybe on Friday. It's kind of like a great wrap-up activity where it's going to give a space 
for your students and you to stop, breathe, and reflect. That is for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed, help me spread the word about this podcast by sharing it with a colleague or a friend on social media. And don't forget to tag me uh, in Instagram at Claudia M. Elliot. Nos vemos and have a great rest of the week. Ciao, ciao.